Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We're live. Ben, did you shovel the walk? Ah, man, this water's good. Yes! Yes, I shoveled the walk. I'm exhausted. Not the spring chicken I used to be. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday. <laughs> Didn't know what to say after that. Tuesday, January 26th is just moments away. Well, you okay? You good? Oh, yeah, I just put the stapler away. All right. Oh, yeah, please put the stapler away. We got business to do. Your Ben Jaromsky show for Tuesday, January 26th is moments away. But before we do this, let's thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. They're sponsors. The Chicago Federation of Labor sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. Check out Chicago Reader. Fantastic source to find out all things the city of Chicago, what to do, where to go, what's going on. ChicagoReader.com. Check out Ben Jarofsky's column there as well. All right, Ben, you have a song of the day. It's from Gordon Lightfoot. No, not Lori Lightfoot. Gordon. (laughs) Okay. Gordon Lightfoot. Sundown. Sundown, you better take care. It's so fine, you've been creeping around my back stairs. Now I'm going to play the guitar. Wow, wow. Now, wow, wow. Wow. Oh, boom. I got to say, one of your better songs of the day. That was great. <laughs> yeah, either you've been listening to too many of them, your standards are lower, or I'm getting better. No, uh, I heard words, so that's a plus. <laughs> it wasn't just weird noises. I heard lyrics, so that was good. Great song and today. The, and the guitar, man. That was good. It sounded like the guitar. Do you know the song? Yeah, I know Do that you, song. Oh, uh, yeah. Once you started singing it, I knew it. I go, oh, yeah, that's the song. I've been practicing. All right. Let me uh, mark it down here. One good song of the day. Okay. Let's see if we can keep that going tomorrow. The, the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Tuesday, January 26th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. There's still a porta potty out there. <laughs> Today on the program, the long awaited return of Sam Holloway. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Walter Bernstein Tuesday, and here's why. Good week. Good. You have a good weekend, D? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, a little uncertainty there. No, a little no, I just hmm. thought about it. I didn't want to BS all the listeners out there. Yes, I had a great weekend. I like how you thought about it. You know? You know you just want no to say BS here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes. Nothing but honesty in the Ben Jarofsky Show. I had a very good weekend, too. Saw a lot of movies. Saw The Gift, a very bizarre horror crime flick from 2001, I want to say, with a very young Kate Blanchett and Katie Holmes and a very young Keno Reeves playing a Southerner. A memo to casting, Keno Reeves is... Utterly unbelievable in such a role. So it's sort of like a parody of itself. There's so many actors from 
the South. You could have got to play that role. Why you drag poor Keno Reeves? See, his <laughs> Southern accent was worse than mine. But Keanu. Okay. Keanu. Oh, what did I say? Keanu. Uh, well, it, the accent's so bad, I'm not pronouncing his name correctly. <laughs> I mean, it was like, yo, yo. <laughs> you know how I do a Southern accent? And you're like, Ben, don't do that again, please. And um, that's how it was. Terrible. But uh, I enjoyed the flick. It was kind of funny, you know. And, whoa, y'all. Whoa. Hey, y'all. Whoa. What? That's really good. <laughs> now, do that with a southern accent. That was kind of it. Oh, oh. man, y'all. Hey. <laughs> That's actually very good. Now, to have a really bad script. And you got the idea what this movie was like. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Hmm, speaks volumes about me. Uh, I watched Mike Wallace is here. Great documentary about a legendary newsman. It's on Hulu. Thank you, Frank, for the tip. It was on my uh, queue from Netflix to get, send it through the mail. And then Frank told me it was on Hulu. So I watched it. Man, Mike Wallace, haunted by demons his whole life. Look at you. Story. You know, Plus, you know words like queue. You're, you're really picking up this millennial <laughs> terminology here. Yeah, I'm Q. only 20 years late on the queue thing. Hey, that's good, though. I, I remember, actually, I may have told you, I remember the first time. It was so annoying. I loved video stores. I loved going to video stores and hanging out, talking to the guy behind the counter about the movies and everything. And I remember this, uh, he wasn't even a millennial. Uh, what's the one in between? Gen X. He was a Gen Xer. And he was like, yeah, man, this is <laughs> new thing called Netflix. And you order it through the mail. You don't even have to go to a video store. I'm like, why? I like going. Why is that a good thing? Why? Tell me. Uh, I'm a Gen Xer. Anyway, uh, now I love Netflix. It's like the closest thing I have to an old video store. Yeah, so yes, yeah, I'm very well aware of Q. Anyway, Mike Wallace is here. Is the name of the movie. Fascinating story uh, and a, a great glimpse of the interviews Wallace did over the years with some many famous people, Malcolm Max, Betty Davis, uh, the list goes on and on. A great range of Mike Wallace's part. Urge everybody to check out that movie. Watched a lot of football. Uh, Super Bowl will be Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, two quarterbacks that the Bears could have had. So I'm not going to say one more word about those worthless Chicago Bears uh, and their inability, uh, their just inability to draft a black man to play quarterback. Anyway, woke up Monday to discover the Republicans everywhere were crying like the little babies they are over cancel culture. They feel they're being censored. It was like a scene out of Groundhog Day, D. The same day, every day, nothing ever changes. Republicans are always crying about being censored. And they cry because it works. Because so many liberal Dems like Barack Obama and Bill Clinton buy into it. Oh, the woke culture is really so horrible. Oh, they're so mean. <laughs> Meanwhile, like the lefty shows in the attic. Overlooking the porta potty. Ever think about that, D? It's like, oh, poor, yes, the left is so mean to the right. Oh, they're just picking on them all the time. Come on, lefties. By the way, can we get a porta potty update? We haven't had one in a while. Can we get a, a looking out the back Hold alley on. there? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There's a back alley behind Ben's hey, place. Get out of there. Oh, there's someone in the porta potty. There are like a couple people in there. I think they're playing cards. Oh. And that was your Tuesday Porta Potty Report. Uh, can we get a sponsor for the Porta Potty Report? The Porta Potty is completely covered in snow. So it's really hard to get in. Let me see if there are any footsteps suggesting that people are still using. Hold on, D. There we go. There we go. Oh, no. No footsteps. 
looks like there was been no action at the porta potty, uh, at least in the last 24 hours, ever it's been since the snow started falling. By the way, the snow fell, and yes, I did uh, shovel my steps. Uh, no, Dennis did not come over at seven in the morning to help me shovel. Uh, maybe next week he'll do that. Anyway, uh, where was I? Hmm. <laughs> I'll think about that. <laughs> could you could you see ding dong? Hi, hi, Betty. Here I am. Got a shovel. We'll edit that part Ooh. out. <laughs> that part's going out. Uh, for the podcast, we're not going to hear that. Where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, Republicans crying about censorship. They cry because it works. Let me point out, uh, one of the many uh, right-wingers who's been crying about censorship lately, Rupert Murdoch, uh, gave a speech about censorship and cancel culture and uh, how the left is intimidating the right. I will point out that Rupert Murdoch is one of the most powerful figures in the history of media. He owns his own TV network, Fox. He owns newspapers all over the world, including the Wall Street Journal. He is the last person alive who in any remotely believable way can complain about being censored. You know what they say. It's a free press for those who own the press. Well, Rupert Murdoch owns a bunch of presses. Speaking of which, one of the Republicans crying about being censored was Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. He did it in a front page story in the New York Post that was headlined, quote, time to take a stand against the muzzling of America. Let me pause to remind you, who owns the New York Post? Rupert Murdoch. So Holly's cried about being censored on the front page of one of the most widely read newspapers in America. I'll now remind you one more time why they cry censorship all the time, even though they're not being censored, because it works. It fires up their base, who feel like they're being picked on, even though they're not being picked on. It fuels their sense of victimhood, which gives them like a purpose in life. And it even gets a few liberals to back off, like Barack Obama, and Bill Clinton, can't we just listen to one another? Can't we just tolerate one another? Meanwhile, in the world of real censorship, Walter Bernstein died the other day. He was 101 years old, so he lived a long life. He was one of the last of the surviving blacklist, blacklisted writers. These were Hollywood writers who lost their livelihood during a very real red scare of the 1940s and 50s. They were, in short, too lefty for Hollywood. No one would hire them. Hollywood producers said they were commies. Bernstein was called before the House on american Activities Committee and asked to name names of suspected commies that he knew from the early days in the 30s in California. He wouldn't do it, so they wouldn't hire him. Couldn't work for years. So I'd like to point out that the only people in this country who really have paid a price for their ideals and views, who really have been canceled, are those on the left. But you don't hear them crying about it. Maybe they should. Actually, the liberals disassociated themselves from those on the left. They were so eager. The the descendants of Barack Obama and Bill Clinton were so eager to prove themselves to the right-wingers that they joined the crowd calling for cancel culture, although they didn't call it cancel culture back then. The good news for Walter Bernstein is in the late 50s and early 60s, when the blacklist finally ended, he went on to write some of the great movies of my childhood anyway, including The Magnificent Seven. Do you ever see The Magnificent Seven? No, I have not. Oh, my. You would love it. Great flex. Would you say it's uh, magnificent? Yes. 
And there's seven characters in it. You put it together. Uh, he also wrote, you may have seen this one, although you probably saw the um, remake, Semi-Tough with Burt Reynolds. He wrote the original Semi-Tough where uh, Burt Reynolds uh, plays a football player. Uh, he wrote The Front, which is essentially his story. Anyway, uh, he had a nice career after the blacklisted ended. So my condolences to his family for him having passed. The thing is, all those right-wingers sobbing over cancel culture are the descendants of the powers that be, the Rupert Murdochs of their day, who cancel the careers of hundreds of lefties like Walter Bernstein because they didn't like what the Bernsteins had to say. Never took a stand against real muzzling. On top of everything else, what a bunch of phonies. We got a great show today, everybody. No cancel culture here. Sam Holloway will be stopping by. Sam Holloway, as people know from uh, listening to past shows, is truly one of the most uh, lefty guys I know. Dear friend of mine, my neighbor, uh, Chicago firefighter. But he's speaking as Sam Holloway, private citizen. So don't censor him, city of Chicago. Don't punish him for exercising his First Amendment protected rights to say what's on his mind. Right, D? I feel compelled to say that. Because when a real lefty speaks up, there's always trouble. Uh, take remove him, uh, send him to Siberia. Uh, but Sam is one of the most fearless people I know. And uh, on a personal note, uh, he stood by me and all my, the rest of my uh, reader writers when we were um, having a public action. Speaking of First Amendment protected rights, Steve, with picket signs and everything. We were, uh, this back in 2016 when we were trying to get a contract from one of our owners. I can't remember which one. There have been so many. Anyway, Sam was right there in the picket line with us. So good friend of me, good friend of the show, Sam Holloway. And he's eager to talk about the what's going on with the Chicago public schools. He's got a lot to say uh, about uh, uh, reopening the schools and uh, lots of other interesting things from Sam Holloway. And I think I'll ask him, did he vote for Joe Biden? <laughs> I got to, uh, you know, it's uh, Sam did not vote for uh, Hillary, I want to say, back in 2016. Like I said. He's a man of his lefty conviction. So Sam will be here in a little while, but before we bring Sam on, the man that met the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, the man that Sam Holloway and Rupert Murdoch fondly call Dr. D with the news. Hey, what's snowing on, everyone? It's snowing right now. (laughs) Is it? Hold on, let me look. What's what's, what's the stomping? Not (laughs) not snowing here, D. Thank God. Let me tell you something. That was heavy snow. You know? Does it ever snow in Alton? Absolutely. What do you think it is? California? (laughs) South. I don't You know me. It's south of Chicago. It's like, isn't it like uh, Texas or something? Anyway, this is that really thick, heavy snow. Oh, God, it's horrible. So, you know, you ever shovel thick, heavy snow, like wet snow? It's really heavy. Yeah. Anytime you want to come over and shovel the walk, you're more than welcome, big guy. Hey, uh, before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, uh, Ben, I wanted to ask your thoughts here. Uh, The late Larry King, any any words there? Oh, my God. D, I was a huge fan of Larry King back in the 70s. Uh, in the 80s, when he, I used to listen to his radio show. This is before he, um, actually, I don't know. He had so many stops and starts in his career. Uh, you know, he, he lost jobs, he gained jobs, he went bankrupt. He, 
uh, made dumb decisions, but he had such a talent. It's just a great ability to talk. But he had a radio show, a late night uh, syndicated radio show in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, he would, a lot of it was just open up the lines. So people would call in and ask him questions. Uh, and he would always go, uh, Columbus, hello. Columbus, Georgia, hello. You know, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, hello. <laughs> I love how he did it. You know, Alton, Illinois, hello. Uh, so big fan of Larry King. The guy had so much talent. And, um, you know, with the celebrity interviews, he wasn't, it was funny, you, say, you mentioned him, D, because in the Mike Wallace um, documentary, there's a clip, a clip of Mike Wallace interviewing Larry King, and Mike Wallace is saying to Larry King, so uh, what they say about you, Larry, is you're a patsy. What do you say about that? You know, that Mike Wallace, I'm a tough guy. I'm coming at you hard, you know. Uh, and then Larry King just sort of smiled and go, well, uh, I'm cashing a lot of checks, Mike. <laughs> he didn't care that Mike Wallace called him a patsy. Anyway, uh, immensely talented man, Larry King, the great Larry King. So, yeah, D, I was a big. Were you a fan of Larry King? Yeah, I really liked Larry King. Absolutely. Did you ever listen to that late night show of his, or was that off the air by the time you yeah, started? Yeah, I never caught it? that. I uh, followed him on TV, listened to like some on YouTube, though. Like, uh, yeah, and uh, he, he had like a, a show after Larry King on CNN that he did online. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I see. I missed the whole TV thing because, of course, I don't have cable, so I had the radio, thing, the, the radio Larry King. And then he was, then he would do these stories. Sometimes he would just like late night, he would tell stories from growing up in Brooklyn. And he went to high school with Sandy Kovacs, a great pitcher. Uh, and I love when Larry King would just tell a late night story on radio. I mean, he, God, there was, he was one of the giants of just talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He that ability just to talk. It's a great talent. Larry King had it. The gift of gab. You see so the, uh, the infamous uh, interview we had with uh, Jerry Seinfeld. No, never saw that. Is it, Seinfeld uh, gives him a hard TV, time. Obviously. Seinfeld, gives him a, Seinfeld gives him a hard time. He's like, so you decided to leave. You weren't canceled, right? And Jerry Seinfeld's like, no, I wasn't canceled. Come on. Do you know who I am? Have you watched the show? <laughs> That's pretty funny. He was like, legit, right? he was like legit upset, though. Jerry Seinfeld was legit upset at Larry King. That was actually two great imitations in one. That was a very good Larry King and a very good Do what I can. Hold hold on one more more time. What? Raleigh, North Carolina. Hello. You have to get the, he had the name of the city and the state. I loved it. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hello. Hi, Larry. Uh, I I listened to you on WFMT. uh, 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 She goes, what's your question? You know, the guy would like, you're the greatest. I really love you. He would let the guy say all that. And then he would like, what's your question? You say thank you. You know, well, no, I'm Larry King. What's your question, sir? Okay, don't butter me up. What's your question? I like that. Those are the good old days of Larry King on radio. Ah, when men were in. None of this TV stuff. Uh-oh. Okay, and Larry King um, never, of course, did a show with the brown line going past. No, no, he did not. <laughs> All right. Just had to point that out. Local news. Let's do it. We begin in Chicago, and the Ben Jarofsky Show's coverage of the Chicago Teachers Union continues. Remember, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her Chicago Public Schools team want the teachers to go back to the classrooms. The Chicago Teachers Union has been like, 
Yeah. How about no? Since <laughs> since then, some teachers have been kicked off of their online accounts. Teachers and C2 higher-ups have been taking action and sharing their concerns online and outside the schools of Chicago. Yes, COVID-19 vaccinations are increasing throughout the city. Yes, restaurants and bars are starting to open back up as well. But still, yes, we're in a pandemic. And sadly, also yes, there seems to be a second strain of COVID-19 now spreading about the world and so far just saying we're taking it about as seriously as we took the first one exactly this time one year ago now to the news on monday the following comes from the chicago sun times and the dear isa the headline reads chicago teachers union votes to refuse in-person work defy chicago public schools reopening plan chicago teachers union members have voted to defy chicago public schools reopening plans and continue working from home monday because of health and safety concerns City officials had said in recent days they would view the collective refusal of in-person work as a strike. But in response to Sunday's vote results, said they will delay the scheduled return of thousands of teachers and staff until Wednesday, quote, to ensure we have the time needed to resolve our discussions without risking disruption to student learning. Also, in an effort to boost COVID-19 vaccination rates in hard-hit Black and Latino neighborhoods, Mayor Lightfoot said Monday she plans to increase the number of doses for mostly South and West Side communities while partnering with local groups on a U.S. census-style outreach plan. So far, the city said most Black and Latino communities that have been hit hardest by the virus lag far behind downtown and the near North Side in getting vaccinated. Part of that is due to some health care workers living in those areas, but public health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwadi said the disparity is a concern for the city. Mm. Wow, where do I start with this one? The concern is uh, the disparity is a concern to the city, and you shut up and get back in those schools, <laughs> slam the door. Well, we are in the middle of a pandemic, Dean. That was an excellent recitation on your part. I was listening very closely to what you had to say because you're absolutely correct. Uh, so much of what is being said right now is an echo of what was said a year ago when we first started hearing about uh, this uh, virus that was coming out of China. And nobody knew really how to take it serious. I remember listening. I mean, I still tease my good friend Mick Dunkey about this because he was on a radio show on WBEZ, one of those round tables where they ask, go around the table and ask each reporter, what do you think about this? So they asked these Chicago reporters who are not experts uh, by any means on uh diseases, viruses, what they thought about reports coming out of China, that there was this uh, this virus that was very scary and threatening. And I remember them stumbling to say something coherent and intelligent. I tease make about it. I don't know what I would have said if I were on that show. So, uh, yeah, I remember uh, Lori Lightfoot and her health commissioner uh, and their initial reaction way back when in January was, remember this day? Uh, don't get hysterical about this. Uh, don't get overexcited about this. You should still go out to eat. Very concerned about our restaurants, particularly in Chinatown. You know, I'm, not, I'm putting that up there just to say that none of us are perfect, okay? You know, I, I understood her instincts. She didn't really know. But now they, they, they act like they know. And it, it's like they act like what they see right now at this moment is the way it's going to be forever. So we've been through this, D. You and I have been talking about the COVID. I mean, I, we're doing COVID updates four days a week since March. 
And there have been ups and downs in this baby. And you know that, hey, the bars and restaurants are opening again. They're flocking to the Wisconsin border. Shio Capos with more details, right? How many times have we had, oh, wait, it's going down. The rates are going down, you know? And so get a little excited, open up a few bars, open up a few restaurants, and then, uh-oh, the rates are going up, close them down. So now they're like, oh, excited, because they see right in front of them the bars and restaurants open. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a nervous guy. And I will say this about the public schools. Uh, I don't think the city has made anything remotely like a serious attempt to make sure that public school employees are vaccinated. And this is one of the great jokes about this whole thing. There's a picture on the front page of my beloved Bright One Home Delivered as always of Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, getting her shot. She's getting her COVID shot. I think it's in the Tribune, too. Let me see. Yes. Yep. It's in the tri- uh, Tribune as well. Lightfoot reveals vaccine equity plan under a picture of her getting her shot. Same, very similar picture that's on the front page of the bright one. And so I understand Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of the city of Chicago, is going to get a shot just to show everybody, hey, I'm getting the shot, too. There's nothing dangerous about it. Lord knows what they're actually shooting. I mean, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? It's like, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. No one knows what actually is in that woman's arm right now. <laughs> well, it's on the front page of the Tribune. Must be true. <laughs> I mean, if you were a paranoid type, you go, well, I don't know. That's a, You got a good point. You do not know that's the vaccine being put in Lori's arm. So I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. But I get the idea. You know, you want to encourage people to get the shot. You want people to be afraid of the shot. You don't want people to fall to, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of bizarre conspiracy theories. So I get that. If, but if, if you want to open the schools and you seriously are concerned about the health and safety of the people who will have to work in the schools, why are they getting the shot after Lori Lightfoot? Why did we not already have a plan? to have every single teacher, clerk, teacher's aide, clinician, nurse, anybody who goes into a principal, I didn't forget you, Troy LaRavier, principals as well. Why don't we ever have them at the front of the list to be, vac- at the f- to be vaccinated? Why? You know why? Because nobody really cares about them, D. I hate to say it. It's like, shut up and get in those schools. There's so many articles and editorials. Shut up and get in those schools. This is a power play. This is union versus mayor. Organized labor versus entrenched downtown interest. That's what this is, ladies and gentlemen. It's not public health. If it was public health, they would take all those employees and make sure they got their vaccinations as soon as vaccinations were available. Vaccinations, the, the vaccine is coming to Chicago. Front page news in the Tribune. Vaccine appointments available at pharmacies. I'm just reading you the, the front page story in the Tribune. So why aren't teachers put at the head of the line? Why aren't clerks at the head of the line? Aren't the security guards at the head of the line? Everybody's going to public school. You want to, you want to assure the public that you truly care about the employees who are on the front lines. Why are they not getting the vaccine first? Why didn't we plan to make sure they were vaccinated like a month ago? Because huh? you know what? Actions speak louder than words. It's always like, oh, 
our officials, they care so much about the children in the public schools, and they care so much about the teachers in the public schools. We care so much about, you care so much about them. How come you spend 1.3 billion on Lincoln Yards and you never have money for nurses and art teachers and stuff? How come I always have to remind you of that stuff? And then people like make fun of me. Oh God, there he goes again. There he goes again. Are you ever going to forget off that stuff, Ben? No. I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll stop talking about how you will spend billions of dollars on upscale projects and gentrifying neighborhoods when, okay, you start spending the same amount of money on teachers in the public schools or nurses in the public. How about that? We cut a deal. Okay, I'll stop talking about it. They had money for Amazon. They had money for the Olympics. They never had money for the public schools. And so now they just like, they hate that teachers union D. And, and I got to give Dennis credit. He was the one who said it. What did you say? You were like the teachers union were the. Oh, they're like the Tupac Shakur of, of yeah. unions. They're just, yeah. just <laughs> awesome. They don't give a shit. <laughs> and that's why oh my god so many people dislike him in this i know by the way i want to give a shout out to heidi stevens i probably shouldn't say that you probably get a demerit for me saying this great column in the tribune so few writers like take take a side that's even remotely on behalf of the teachers union even remotely on behalf the, I mean, the editorials get back in that classroom now Oh my goodness. Shut up. Get in there. Shut the door. I just did a story for the reader. I was interviewing teachers. Just like the attitude, the hostility that emanates from the powers that be in the city toward the teaching core. Nothing's changed, by the way. This goes back. I remember when, when my mom, who's a Chicago public school teacher, retired. Uh, they bought them. It was early retirement. They were trying to induce teachers into retiring. And so they, they enabled them to buy into their uh, pension plan so they could retire earlier. It's a coincidence. Karen Lewis's uh, father retired the same year as my mom and uh, was part of that same wave of early retirement. Anyway, early retirements, they gathered all the teachers back at the central headquarters, which was on uh, 37th Street or uh, 39th Street on the south side of Chicago in the warehouse that used to be the Board of Education's headquarters. I'm not kidding. It was a huge warehouse. It was like a perfect symbol of how much the Chicago public schools didn't care about anybody who was connected to the Chicago public schools. And they sat all these teachers in a room and it was no, thank you for your service. It was all right, here's what you're gonna do. Now shut up and listen. You're gonna fill out this form, number A, and then you go to B. <laughs> they treated these teachers like dirt. The teachers are so used to it because that's how the system, it's like a quasi-militaristic system. It's sort of like the post office. I worked at the post office. That's how they, it's just like, these are the rules, these are the regulations, you're gonna follow them. You got any problem with that? Take it to your union. So that's how they, that's, that's the reality. You know, Lori Leifel, what does she know? She's a corporate lawyer. She, she didn't go to a Chicago public school. She didn't send her kid to a Chicago public school. She doesn't know anything about Chicago public schools. She inherits this, uh, city when she gets elected what was it two years ago they have already lost track of it and she's just like what has she heard her whole life in chicago the schools suck the teachers are unruly that damn union someone's got to put them in line i mean that's 
how corporate Chicago talks about the schools. And so that's that attitude that emanates from everything the city has done from the start of this. So <laughs> I'm not impressed, D. I'm really happy that Lori Lightfoot gets the vaccine, gets vaccinated, sends a great message. Little disappointed that somebody, that some power that be, be it Lori Lightfoot, be it J.B. Pritzker, be it our senators, our congressmen, didn't figure out a way to make sure that teachers and everybody else that works at the public school, the clerks, the security guards, etc., was at the front of the line to get the vaccine. Oh, if it's so important, right? If it's so important, you would think that they would take care of the people on the front lines. But obviously, it's really not that important. The safety of the people in the public schools really is not that important. What they say, what did uh, we did the show on Friday? What did uh, Janice Jackson say? Hey, good news, teachers. You're going to get vaccinated, but we won't have enough vaccines for you until like mid-February. Meanwhile, shut up and get back in those schools. <laughs> oh, that's great news. Could you imagine a teacher? They must think teachers are really dumb, D. Hey, honey, I got great news. Uh, Janice Jackson said we're going to get vaccinated uh, in a month. Well, your Larry King impression is way better than your Janice Jackson. Just saying. Wait, what is that? Your Larry King impression is way better than your Janice Jackson one. Hold on. Chicago, Illinois. Hello. I always loved it, too, when he would like Chicago. Go, oh, my God. Someone's calling from Chicago. Maybe I know him. Hi, Larry. Uh, I'm Dennis. And I just want to say I love your show. Uh, your question, sir. And I, I sound nothing like that either. <laughs> That was not you. You didn't give a different Dennis. I just saw you and said Dennis. <laughs> and uh, for the record, too, uh, Steve waited on the live stream chat. We're, you know, uh, we're just going to admit it. We were pretty ignorant about all of it about one year ago today as well. I mean, let's be honest, right, Ben? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Ignorant doesn't even some. I'm like, I had, I can't even get the words out. Like, Lori sounded reasonable to me. I was like, yeah, let's go to Chinatown. Totally. I'm not pretending I knew anything. God, I'm the last person to listen to about anything remotely related to science. I bring up people like Ken Davis, who's one of the smartest people I know. Dave Glowatz, by the way, is really smart about this stuff. You know, like, Ken, what's going on here with this virus thing, huh? And then, I, I, <laughs> but at least like he's smart, you know, he's, he knows science. So yeah, no, st see, I am not pretending I knew about it. I'm just saying that, but I'm just some guy talking into a microphone. I'm not the leader of the city of Chicago, the leader of the state of Illinois, the leader of the free world. <laughs> but you're right. And by the way, yes, mixed messages from the get go. I remember when uh, Dr. Fauci said, don't wear masks. Oh, God, Trump never let him forget that. And now I just saw the story uh, today, the other day, D, wearing two masks would be oh, a good you idea. You got to wear two just... masks. You got to wear two of them now. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we've gone from one extreme to the other. No, he backed off from the no, wear the mask thing. But, Stephen, your point's very good. We all stumbled all at the start. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, Dennis and I were still trying to do the show in perhaps the most dangerous of settings, a Petri dish studio, uh, and uh, putting tissue paper over microphones until at some point, I think it was Dennis just looked at me and go, uh, <laughs> this is really stupid. And I go, you're right. So, yes.
Absolutely. We do not pretend uh, that we know what's going on. But I will say this. I, I just have to say this. I am not Albert Einstein. I've never pretended to be Albert Einstein. I was not smart in science by any means. I was socially promoted through science. And I want to thank my chemistry teacher for doing that. That said, I know enough that if I want to open up the schools and I want to do it safely, I would put my employees at the head of the list to get a vaccine. Just saying. Okay? I, I, would, I would have the, them at, at the front of the list before the mayor. Just saying, D. You know, at the picture on the front page of the Sun-Time should be teachers getting the shot or janitors getting the shot or principals getting the shot or grocery store workers getting. Yes. Oh, my God. Grocery store workers. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Oh, man, it's just like who, you know, that's the kind of, oh, wait till you hear Sam Holloway on this. Who you know? This is our system of health in the 21st century in, in the most civilized country in the world. Who you know? Hey, Ben, I, I know someone over to Northwestern to get you some vaccines. Here's what you do. You call this number and you tell them Billy Bob sent you. That's, that's the vaccine getting out in America in the 21st century. You got to know somebody. No systematic, organized, procedural way of getting it to the people who need it the most, people who are in the front lines, Uber drivers, bus drivers, CTA workers. No, no. Uh -uh. <laughs> the mayor, Laura, uh, Tony Preckwinkle, her picture in the paper too, D. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a country. Capitalism's a great thing. Sam Holloway, don't get him started on capitalism, D. Oh, the mayor would like to weigh in. Thank God. Yeah. Science is back, baby. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Say so. And hey, who saw this coming? Our newly elected president, Joey B. Joe Biden, weighed in on the rift between our Chicago <laughs> public schools and the Chicago Teachers Union. He was asked about this during a press conference. I have the audio. Like to hear Ooh. it. Hear it go. Maybe a duck and a dodge. Ben, you tell us after we hear it. Uh, the first, you have made reopening schools uh, a central part of your first 100 days agenda and you've long portrayed yourself as an ally to the teachers and the unions right now the chicago teachers union has refused they've defied an order to return to in-person classing for in-person classrooms because of a lack of vaccinations do you believe sir that teachers should return to schools now i believe we should make school classrooms safe and secure for the students, for the teachers, and for the, the help that's in those schools maintaining the facilities. We need new ventilation systems in those schools. We need testing for people coming in and out of the classes. We need testing for teachers as well as students. And we need the capacity, the capacity to know that, in fact, the, the, the circumstance in the school is safe and secure for everyone. For example, there's no reason why the clear guidance will be that every school should be thoroughly sanitized from the, from the laboratories to the hallways. And so this is about making, and none of the school districts that I'm aware of, there may be some, 
public school districts have insisted that all those pieces be in place. And I might add, it's the same kind of thing I hope we can do with small businesses and businesses, making sure they have the capacity to test their workers when they come in, to make sure they have plastic dividers in, 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 uh, be, between their booths and their, in their restaurants, et cetera, to make sure they can sanitize. So it's not so much about the idea well, teachers so aren't going to work. The teachers I know, they want to work. They just want to work in a safe environment and as safe as we can rationally make it, and we can do that, and we should be able to open up every, every school, kindergarten through eighth grade, if, in fact, we administer these tests. And it'll have the added advantage, I might add, of putting millions of people back to work. All those mothers and fathers that are home taking care of their children rather than go to work even when they can work. They're not able to do it unless they have the luxury of working <laughs> distance-wise like All many right, of Joe, us Let's wrap do. it up. Come on. They're not able to do it. And so this is about generating economic growth overall as well. Oh, my God. There it is. Oh, my God. Can I just say something? That man is good. <laughs> do you, that was like. I'm sorry. Did you say good? Yeah, it's good. Like, he just kind of rambles on. I, 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 there's something reassuring about him. You know, at least he's not insulting someone like Trump, okay? You know, but it, it was like just rambling on, going here, going there, not not really in a hurry to get any place, not quite sure what he's saying. He goes, for example, I go, okay, so here's going to come something that will uh, illustrate the point he made before. That's really what you do it. For example, you know, and then he, what happened? came after, for example, and really had nothing to do with what went before, for example. So I was like, wait, what's the example that he's citing? It was in some ways not unlike uh, the famous bit where he says, play, play the radio, <laughs> play a record. Anyway, that was masterful. That was like watching a great pitcher who is the master of the curveball on the outside corner, just like whoa, just effortlessly throwing the ball and baffling the batter. And like, oh my God, that ball curved on me. I had no idea what he said, D. I know this. Yeah. It was his tone of voice that uh and the the way he hits certain like general themes would lead me to believe that he's on the sides of the teachers without taking a stand against Lori Lightfoot. That's masterful. It's like both sides can listen to that and go, yeah, exactly. My point. And Joey B's like, yeah, man. And they say, I don't got it anymore. I'm the man. I'm Joey B. So IFD, that was, that was beyond ducking and dodging. Okay, that was like, that's like, well, you know, uh, we used to call J.B. Pritzker, what we call him, uh, uh, J.B. Travolta, uh, Sugar Ray Pritzker, because mm -hmm. oh, he was so quick and nimble. Yeah, yeah. He, he would like do the cha-cha. You don't even know where he was going with him, you know. And he would just kind of change the subject. Um, but he was more or less coherent. That was like incoherent and yet reassuring. Oh, we're in for an yeah. interesting four years. Interesting, in yeah, it was an interesting little trick there. It's like he answered and he's like, if I just keep talking long enough, people will just not care anymore. And how about the reporter? <laughs> Reporters. Well, I got a question here. I'm really the reporter's dying. sitting there like, boy, I wish I wouldn't ask this. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, my God. I see the strategy in that.
I know. Hey, when I tell you, when I tell you in the pre-show, Joey B was born at night, but he wasn't born last night, okay? You did mention that in the pre-show. I taught him a few things, all right? Here's what you do, Joey. When they ask you a tough question, just start talking about everything in the universe. Okay, Mom. It's sort of like, how about Tony Tony Preckwinkle? Tony Preckwinkle's uh, way of dealing with this, if asked a question about opening schools, she'll give an answer about the Bears quarterback situation. I'm just going to answer whatever I want to talk about, whatever I want to talk about. Uh, but, uh, Madam President, uh, I believe I answered your question. Nice question. Well, Ben, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Tony Preckwinkle. More city Ooh. news. She made it to the mayoral runoff in 2019, and, well, that didn't turn out too well. And that could be why Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle has decided to run for re-election as Ooh. Cook County Board President. The following comes from Shia Kapos in Illinois Politico. An excellent source for daily Illinois news. Tony Preckwinkle is stepping up her plans to seek a fourth term as Cook County Board President when she's up for re-election next year. The 73-year-old Democrat from Hyde Park has been making calls looking for support. Scott Kastrup, Preckwinkle's political director, told Politico, quote, Her main focus is managing the pandemic and the vaccine rollout. That's her number one priority, but we are starting to build the campaign for 2022. So far, no one else is lining up to challenge Preckwinkle. It would be difficult to take on the veteran Politico or any other incumbent in the coming year, given the constraints of campaigning and fundraising amid the pandemic. Even Preckwinkle is starting from ground zero with only a few thousand dollars in her campaign account at the end of the year. That's according to the State Board of Elections figures. Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, who, by the way, nixed the idea that he might run for board president, saying, quote, I'm not prepared to think beyond my current office. Uh, Johnson spoke on Preckwinkle's reelection plans, saying, quote, I think every elected official should be concentrating and thinking about how we maximize the amount to deliver quality services in the current positions we hold. All right, Ben, anything you'd like to say there before we move on? I have a little bit uh, more news here, but go ahead. Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, Tony Preckwinkle, uh, I mean, uh, Jesus. You know, Dee, it seems like she's been uh, president of the Cook County Board forever. But when you said that four terms, I went back in my mind to 2010 and how excited so many people were uh, about Tony Perkwinkle uh, being elected Cook County Board president. And what a long trip it's been for her as County Board president. And uh, I speak as, you know, a lefty, liberal, progressive, whatever I am. I have no idea what I am. Weirdo. Oh. How excited I wanted. Hey, don't be so hard on yourself. Well, you know, uh, how much I wanted Tony Perkwinkle to run for mayor against Rahm Emanuel in 2014. That was like the moment that was awaiting her. You know, I mean, she uh, had been a more or less independent minded alderman for many years in Mayor Daly's Chicago. Uh, she voted against the parking meter deal, so she had credibility. Anybody who voted against the parking meter deal had some credibility because it's a single stupidest idea. Well, I don't know. The Olympics may have been dumber. So second dumbest idea Mayor Daly ever had. Uh, and um, she voted against it. Uh, she was very popular in public opinion polls. Polls had her beating Rahm Emanuel. And Rahm Emanuel, of course, uh, was like 
what he was a Mitt Romney Republican disguised as a centrist Democrat, closed 50 schools, uh, just had just an arrogance and intolerance toward the city. Uh, and uh, so I was urging, run, Tony, run. And then she didn't run. And it's so and everything since then, D has been anticlimactic, including her run for mayor in 2019. I remember McDumkey and I asking her at the hideout, what changed? Between 2015, when you chose not to run against Rahm Emanuel, who arguably is the worst mayor we've ever had, and 2019, when you decide to run for uh, mayor after Rahm dropped out. And the obvious uh, question is, well, I didn't want to answer is, I didn't want to run against Rahm because he had a lot of money and it would be nasty and I'd probably lose or there's a chance I would lose. Uh, but, of course, she ducked and dodged the question. So, you know, it's sort of like politicians have their moments. You know, like Joe Biden stepped up at this stage. And he was like, the, he was the man for the particular moment, just a, a centrist, uh, unoffensive, not quite sure what he's saying guy, perfect uh, replacement for Donald Trump. Perfect successor to Donald Trump, who's so offensive and so intolerant. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it was Tony's time in 2014, and she ducked it. I can think of other politicians who ducked their moment. Mario Cuomo comes to mind. He should have run in 88. He didn't for president. So, you know, yeah, okay. All right, Tony. Okay. You're going to run again, huh? Uh, so... Good luck, Tony. You know, we needed you in 2014. That's pretty much what I have to say, D. All right. Now, thanks to the hard work of one Shia Kapos in Illinois Politico, Ben, it's time for a quick round of Cook County Board President Trivia. That is correct. <laughs> now, everyone, keep in mind, if this were, let's be honest, anyone else, this trivia bit would fall flat on its face. But because our host may be the biggest Chicago political dork on the planet. Again, don't be so hard on yourself. I have a feeling an award-winning moment is about to take place on the Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show. What's coming? Uh, Dennis, we did not prepare for this in the pre-show plan, as I recall. All right. Uh, we have a Cook County Board president trivia question, Ben. Get ready. Okay. For 10 trivia points, if she wins... Preckwinkle wouldn't be the longest serving board president. That honor goes to who? Oh, gosh. Um, wow. Uh, this is tough. Wait, hold on. Let me do the math. So Tony Preckwinkle got elected in 2000. It'll be 12 years. Um, I would say John Stroger. You're going John Stroger, huh? Yeah. Right, well, let me uh, channel my inner Regis Philbin. John Stroger, is that your final answer, Ben? Yeah. Are you sure? Are yes. you sure? <laughs> I mean, are you really sure? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you could see Dennis's face, <laughs> he's like really getting in the reach. I mean, are you really sure, Ben? <laughs> That's my final answer. I got no more. Well, you're wrong. That was not correct. <laughs> John Stroger did serve 12 years, but it was George Dunn who served oh. nearly 22 years before stepping down in 1990. That is correct. Wow. Damn. 20. I did not know that. I remember George Dunn. I went to try to interview him. Wait, talk about a tough guy to get a word out of George Dunn, the master poker player. 
he would just look at you. You'd ask what question, he would look at you. I'd go, well, uh, <coughs> uh, I'm expecting an answer at this point. And he would just keep looking at you. Well, you know what? So let me do the math, D. Hold on now. Hold on. I'm doing okay. math. Okay. All right. That means, George, you're telling me that George Dunn was elected in 1968? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. I knew George Dunn was the president of the county board like in the 80s. Uh, but I was unaware that he was, you know, well, yeah, I learned something new every day, D. Thank you. Yeah, that's all right. You can't win them all. Uh, uh, let's edit that out of the... Um, no, that was uh, a great bit. I want everybody to think I'm, I know everything. <laughs> No, let's redo it. Okay, let's redo it right now. Ask, oh, the answer to the question is, of course, George Dunn. Right. We're not re-editing that. <laughs> all right, all right. On to the statewide news. No public events scheduled for our Democratic Illinois Governor, J.B. Pritzker. Springtime. Love it. Okay, it's tons <laughs> of snow out right now. Thanks. <laughs> But, hey, he did have an announcement on Monday. Are you okay? Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Springtime, love it. Yeah, I mean, me too. Good old days of those commercials. Uh, Steve Miller and the Eagles. (laughs) But Pritzker did have an announcement on Monday. Illinois has a new COVID-19 vaccination website. Already, Walgreens and Jewel Osco are adding appointments at hundreds of locations statewide, and CVS, Hy-Vee, Mariano's, and Kroger will soon follow. Hundreds more locations will be added as more vaccine is shipped by the federal government from vaccine manufacturers. Very fascinating. Anything else? You'll also find a guide to who qualifies for vaccines in this new phase 1B. Broadly, it includes those 65 and over and those classified by the CDC as frontline essential workers, such as teachers, first responders, and grocery workers. Oh, well, that's nice. Why weren't they taken care of a month ago? Just asking. Okay. <laughs> just asking. Oh, I guess we didn't have the vaccine. I don't know. It just seems like it's like a, a status thing, D. You know, a certain group of people. I'm not mentioning any names. I'm not saying who they are. They don't, they, they like, it's kind of annoying because my wife will come up to me. And she goes, well, I just heard from fill in the blank. And she got the vaccine. Of course, she knows somebody. And it's like, if you know this guy at Northwestern, you're going to get it. So it's like, how these none of these people are anywhere remotely near a front line? Most of them are in their front living room. That's the only front they're in. They're watching TV, listening to music, ordering groceries to their door. And yet they're getting the vaccine. What? <laughs> how is this happening? Anyway, I'm really happy that Walgreens has the vaccine. Yeah, you sound like it. You know, but <laughs> <a> thrill. Just <laughs> no, I'm really happy. No, I'm really yeah. That's such a wonderful. Thank you for that happy news. If I paid you the tribute, D. Vaccine available appointments available at pharmacies. Walgreens, Jewel, Osco, front page. Oh, thank you for that wonderful news. Now, teachers, we're not going to get vaccinate you for another month. Getting it, freaking classroom. By the way, they make you sign an affidavit. I, D, I got to tell you this. You know, going back, and you're like that 
We've moved on from that new segment. We're now somewhere else. Okay. This is the problem. You don't focus. Okay. <laughs> You've got that. This is why those teachers at your high school were so frustrated with you because you couldn't focus. You're right, D. You're right. That said, let me just say this. I'm glad you're finally admitting that, by the way. <laughs> focus, Ben. Fo- Who used to say that? Focus, Ben. Rounder. Focus, Rounder. Oh, focus, Rounder. Amanda. Focus. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's right. That was that interview. Focus, Amanda. <laughs> oh, my God. Good times. Bruce Rauner, <laughs> governor of Illinois. Ah, heck of a job, Republicans. Anyway. So they're like teachers. If like you're supposed to report back in and um, just, wow, just, I just, I dealt with this over the weekend because I was talking with so many teachers. So it, what they do, if you, if for some reason, <clears throat> like say you're feeling a little, I don't know, like you might be getting it, you know, day, you know, that tingle in the back of my throat could be the first stage. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Then you don't report in, you don't come in, but they're not just going to buy that excuse. You have to fill out an affidavit. Yes. You have to actually like, you have to sign, you know, you don't have to get it notarized, but you said, I, Dr. D to solemnly swear that I am telling the truth. And if it turns out like they do an investigation, like they have investigators who can investigate to see if you really did have a tingle in the back of your throat, you're just making it up. They can terminate you, D. How about that? Warm and fuzzy. Come on. Come on back to work. We love you. I'm telling you, this is a city run by corporate lawyers. It's like affidavits. You'll sign this affidavit. And then, then we'll believe that you have a tingle in the back of your throat. Sorry, D. Didn't mean to go on that tangent. That's all right. And just a little more statewide news here. We do have quite a bit of snow out there at the moment. Hold on. Let me look. Oh, yeah. Please do. Please check it. Please check it. Oh, why does that? so much noise have to happen when you look at things? Uh, Breaking news, D. There's snow in the alley. (laughs) We got snow in the alley, everybody. But quite a bit of snow out there at the moment. But do not worry. The Illinois Tollway Patrol is ready for the storm. Isn't that right, (laughs) Illinois Tollway General Manager of Roadway Maintenance, Rohan Gale? We spread the salt and, in some instances, (laughs) calcium chloride or brine to prevent the precipitation from bonding to the pavement. Once the actual system starts and we start having accumulated (laughs) snow, then the plowing... Hey, I'm trying to listen. Yes, anything else? We know that the snow in itself becomes a hindrance to people sometimes and their travel time and destination. But we ask mm-hmm. that the public exercise some caution and give our operators time to plow and remove the snow to, to, to just ensure that the roadways are safe for everyone. Okay, I heard yeah. operator and snow. <laughs> well, D, I'm going to tell you. You've played two clips in today's show, and I have to say that guy was more coherent than Biden. Just saying, okay? <laughs> I understood what he was saying. Biden, well, you know, for example, you know, for, then I'm like, oh, what's the example going to be that will really illustrate the point that went before? For example, how about those Bears, huh? Good quarterback. For example, love Steve Miller. Yeah, great song. Yeah, <laughs> The Joker. Springtime. Love it. 
And hey, if you have to drive in this at all, listen up. Here's Illinois State Police Master Sergeant J.C. Clark. If you slide off the road in poor winter driving conditions, here's what to do. They could call 911, tell them that uh, it's a non-emergency and that they slid off the road. Okay. Uh, we also have non-emergency numbers that uh, they numbers. can look up. Give us a call, uh, okay. or if yes. they can, they can call a tow truck themselves. Uh, they can go ahead and call a tow truck. Oh, okay. Anything else? <laughs> Just be prepared for if a trooper does show up. Okay. Be prepared for them to ask if they want to stay with their vehicle or if the, uh, they want the trooper to take them up to the next exit. We're going to try to get the uh, the time that the troopers spend on the side of the road cut down because the more time that they're on the side of the road, really? uh, the more dangerous <laughs> it, it gets for them. I don't say. <laughs> That man's by far the most coherent person uh, we've played a clip from. Today. That guy should be president of the United States. He would, now, if they said, uh, Trooper Clark, what's your opinion? Should Chicago uh, force its teachers back without vaccination? He would say, uh, obviously not. You want to be safe and secure. So the vaccine should go to the teachers and the frontline workers first. So I'm asking Lori Lightfoot, mayor of the city of Chicago, before she reopens those schools, to make sure your employees are vaccinated. That's a clear, coherent response. Not, well, you know, I, uh, I, I, the school's got to be safe. For example, Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a quarterback. Wait a minute, what is that? <laughs> and for another example, I love Evil Ways by Santana. Great song. I love, uh, you know, when he does that little thing with the guitar. Wow, wow. Wait, what? Huh? Yes, next question. But, but, but. <laughs> oh, is that it? <laughs> I really like, wanted to go back to it. Uh, for example, you know, how about those Bulls? All right, they lost last night, but they won a couple days ago. You know, for example, Patrick Williams, a hell of a rookie. All right. Now, now another example is Dr. D. He's from Alton. Did you know that? He's from Alton. So, you know, for example, I love, uh, you know, tacos. You know what I really love, <clears throat> for example? You're, uh -oh. you're obviously rambling. So, uh, <laughs> hey, that's our local news, everybody. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at the Chicago Reader website, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Go check out this weekend's Benny J bonus interview lineup if you've yet to. It's a great lineup, if you ask me. I'm the producer, so take that as you uh, as you want. But check out all of the bonus content we have on the program. Also, you can follow us online at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And, yes, we have a phone number, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Don't go anywhere, because when we come back, it's the return of Sam Holloway. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from my apartment in his attic. Mm -hmm.